Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to Mormon Talk. MormonTalk.org, for those who haven't visited the website yet, which we would really like you to do, by the way. I'd like to talk to you over there. Uh, today's episode, The Great Mindfuck. Now, let's be proper when we say that. P-H-U-C-K-E is the word. little manipulation going on there. Which is kind of uh, appropriate because we're talking about mental manipulation today. But before we jump into that, let's get in to the little church in the news. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, hot off the press, Kaysville, that's a little place in Utah, by the way, Kaysville man accused of $1.5 million scam against fellow LDS church members, <laughs> this is the funny part, oh, has it, heart attack and the trial is put off. <laughs> are you shitting me? You didn't tell no. me that part. <laughs> God cursed him. You see, God punished him <laughs> for his wickedness. Uh, yeah, it says... He probably uh, had a heart attack because he spent half of that on coke or something. <laughs> uh, age, health, and fair trial issues have put off a fraud case against a Kaysville man accused of scamming fellow church members out of $1.5 million. He's 72 years old, so, you know... Well, he's just following the brethren. You can't fault him. How much? How much have you been scammed out of? <laughs> At least ten percent, right? Okay, well, For quite a few years. I'd love to have that back. He's a true disciple, right there. Yeah, that's right. Of course, if you mention this to any active member, what would you hear? Well, the church is true, but Dave, the shit the members do is. Whatever, I don't know. I haven't <laughs> been in 10 years. But the members aren't. The members aren't. The, members the church aren't. is perfect, but the members aren't. You know, whatever. Well, well, wait right? a minute. What is the church without the members? Bum, bum, bum. You hit it. <laughs> That's right. What is a church? It's a group of members. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, whatever. Right. Nice. Nice escape clause there. Yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> The great mindfuck. People, we're going to go back to our buddy, our great personal friend who we've never met, Stephen Hassan. By the way, I think he mispronounces his own last name, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that topic. I think it's Hassan, if you look at it, but maybe he doesn't realize the genetic, uh, ancestral origins, whatever, of the surname. And so he calls uh, it Hassan. Mike, come on, Maroney, Moroni, come on, you know, well, Maroni. I, I prefer Maroni in his baloney. Well, I think of Brett Favre as he pronounces his own last name, and look how it's spelled. Yeah, Favre or Favre. The R is at the mm-hmm. end, not in the middle. <laughs> how can you pronounce that Favre? Hey, it's. A result of our excellent education system in this country. Whatever. Yeah. I guess maybe his parents didn't know how to pronounce their own last name, so they 
taught that to him. Which is interesting because we're talking partially about teaching young children in this episode. Mm-hmm. But I said we're going to go to Steve Hassan's list, his bite model. We're going back to freedomofmind.com. And here is the bite model. Remember, behavior, information, thought, and emotion. Those are the words for the acronyms. And it's about controlling each one of the of those things. In our last episode, we talked about emotion control because it was... By the way, I looked that song up, Dave. Emotion. It's emotion in, I-N. Motion. motion. In motion. Right. Yeah. Emotion in motion. Well, yeah. I didn't want you to plagiarize, it. you know. Yeah. Okay. It's not well. that I made a mistake. Hey, I'm an apologist. <laughs> so, look. <laughs> I did it on purpose. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, thank you. That's a whole other series of episodes. So... We talked about emotional control last week a little bit. Thought control is what we're talking about this week, otherwise known as mind-fucking. Um, here's Steve's quick bullet list here. Instill black versus white, us versus them, and good versus evil thinking. Okay, Change your identity, possibly even your name. Use hmm. loaded language and cliches to stop complex thought. Oh, shit. That's loaded right there. <laughs> you know. Wow. Induce hypnotic or trance states to indoctrinate. Okay. Teach thought-stopping techniques to prevent critical <laughs> thoughts. Thought-stopping. Yeah. Thought-stopping <laughs> techniques. Stop doing that. <laughs> Allow Sorry. only positive thoughts. Use excessive meditation, singing, prayer, chanting, etc. to block thoughts. Huh. Mm. Reject rational analysis, critical thinking, and doubt. That's no, the list. That's he, he covered it. He's got he it. He did. That's right. The only you know one I think of when I read that last one? The, medit- the meditation part of the, uh, the music... Uh-huh. I don't think they encourage meditation in the church. They call it mm. pondering. Yes. But it's yes. anything but thinking critically. I don't know what That's it's right. supposed to be. That's okay, right. go ahead. Yeah. No, no. Great point. Meditation. No, I was just saying yeah. in his last point where he says reject rational analysis, critical thinking, and doubt. Reject doubt. Doubt, doubt. Doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts. Start all over because you made a mistake. Yeah. Okay. And you're probably being deceived. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> doubt your anytime you doubt anything in the church or anything the brethren say, you better doubt that doubt because I'm sure it's wrong. There's no way it could be right. Because the church is true. Period. Pretty controlling. Pretty controlling. Um, look, since I'm on a little roll here, I'm gonna jump into another quick list. So I have been creating a document called Psychological Manipulations, Techniques, and Dichotomies Employed by the LDS Faith. And Did you say a little document? Because that's not going to be a small document. <laughs> no. Well, right now it's only six pages. It's just a list oh, of that's, techniques. Okay. Uh, it has a name or a title to what it is, and then you know two or three sentences describing it. 
I'm not going to read all the sentences, um, but I just want to run through some of these. I'm not going to read the whole list either. You know who's really good with this stuff and who points this out in action, right, in media res, in video form on YouTube is another really good friend of ours, Jonathan Streeter, who doesn't know us. <laughs> and he goes by Thinker of Thoughts on YouTube. We love the shit out of him. Love you, Jonathan. We're on the same wavelength. Yes, we are. Uh, yes. He controls his tongue a little bit better than we do with regard to the use of expletives. Although, I don't know, Dave, if you saw the one where he, it's very short. And I think it was after a, I think it was after a child abuse type thing or something like that happened or whatever, abuse related. Uh, he jumped on off, and huh? did a really quick video, basically just titled, Fuck It. And, and he, <laughs> that's what he basically said. He's like, fuck it. I'm sick of this. Yeah, yeah. And so he does swear. Good on you, Jonathan. Um, but he does a great job of pointing some of these out. So I'm going to just, first of all, psychological manipulation. There's a term that you all can look up online called neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. It's been around for a while, this concept and a study of this. It basically describes the fundamental dynamics between mind, neuro, and language, linguistic, and how their interplay affects our body and behavior or programming. So this is something that has been employed in the LDS Church since the days of Joseph Smith. He was an expert at NLP, yeah. whether he knew it or not. Uh, I don't think the term was even around back then. No, the LDS Church no. leaders, to a great degree, actually many unwitting members of the church, once they get absorbed into the culture, have basically developed the culture and doctrines of the church to use careful language to influence the minds of the members, thus producing, producing specific kinds of actions. So that, that's NLP in practice right there. Um, and there's a few of these things that you guys, listeners, may be aware of. Some of them may be less so. I'm going to just run through some of these. So there's something called the bandwagon fallacy, basically the assumption that the opinion of the majority is always valid. That is, if everyone believes it, you should too. This is also called an appeal to popularity, authority of yeah. the many, argumentum ad populum, to use the Latin. Mm -hmm. uh, That's got to be one of the weakest of them all. That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. As far as the veracity of that, right? Really? Just because everyone's <laughs> jumping off that cliff over there. Want to join them? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Living. <laughs> 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 right. You could call it the sheep fallacy. That's right. Um, <laughs> and for sake of time, I'm not going to read even a sentence or two of all these. Let me just throw out some terms. Uh, belief follows behavior. Black and white thinking. Steve, actually, Steve Hassan had that in his list. Blame reversal, cognitive oh, dissonance, confirmation bias, creation of dependency, deception, heaven forbid, demand for purity, 
destabilization of self. We're actually going to, Dave's going to talk about that one a little bit more. Yeah. Dispensation of existence, dissociative states, doctrine over self, double bind. That's a fun one. Double speak, <laughs> elitism, emotion over yeah. intellect. Gaslighting, that's a common term that's been thrown. That's actually started back in 1944 with a movie called Gaslight. Anyway, groupthink, which isn't what you think it is. <laughs> Identification and example, indirect directives. <laughs> induced phobias, loading the language, love bombing, oh milieu control, M-I-L-I-E-U. Yeah, Mystical manipulation, phobia induction. You talked about fear, Dave. Yeah. Public commitment, sacred science. It's a big one. Social pressure, sunk cost fallacy. Very important oh, if you've been in the church a, a while. That's an episode right there. Oh, it is. And <clears throat> about sunk cost fallacy, look up B.H. Uh, Roberts, guys. Study of the Book of Mormon. The church's key historian back in the day, very high up in the church, had the ear of the prophet and all the brethren, found out the Book of Mormon was a fraud even back then, and read that story. Interesting shit. Thought terminating cliches. Uh, Hassan had that in his list. Time yeah. control. Totalist reframing and us versus them thinking which is also in Hassan's list. Um, that's kind of an A that's through Z. Exhaustive. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just... And you know, as you read every one of those, I could think very briefly of an applicable situation where that was involved. Mm -hmm. For every one of those that you read, just real quickly, without, oh, yeah. you know... And I haven't been around the church for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. So, Wow. That's well, mind-blowing. It's a great point that you would even bring that up because it talks to the psychological lasting impact that these techniques have, especially when you combine a bunch of them, especially when you start as a little child and you're indoctrinating small children into a belief system. It's very, very powerful. And, and you know, say... As an adult, you decide this is bunk and you want to leave the church because you figure out it's all a fraud and a cult, which it very much is. Um, it's not that easy. That's what we talk about, or it's at least part of what we talk about when we say you have a, a paradigm shift. Everything yeah. you've been taught, everything you've been conditioned about, changes and when you leave you know the, the, the irony is that for members that remain active they think a person leaving was the weakest easiest thing they've ever done that you is can irony. tell them to their face mm -hmm. what it's cost you how long it took how difficult it was and they're just like nah you're just not you're valiant weak. material yeah sorry that's and right that, that's just a little bit irritating it is <laughs> And here's the funny thing, Joseph and others after him did such a good job predicting that that kind of stuff might happen, that they actually created scriptures that talk about it. Yeah, good which point. Is, 
perfect, yeah. right? Even the elect will be deceived. Uh, wheat and tares, you know, in the last days, many will be deceived. And so these that's immediately mm -hmm. where members go mentally when they have to deal with someone that's leaving the church. Oh, well, it was prophesied, yeah. He, he, but he was a stake president. That's okay. It says even the elite and the elect will be deceived. Yeah, see, it yeah, says Yeah, he covered it. his ass pretty good there, didn't he? Oh, yeah. You know, you know, as soon as you get a little knowledge, as you suppose, mm -hmm. then Satan's got you by the nads. And <laughs> but, but it's okay for me to be smart. <laughs> right, that's right. And in fact, uh, everything I say is basically the same as God saying it. So, come over here, little fourteen-year-old. Let me introduce you to my little pet monkey. <laughs> Quit untying those knots. <laughs> That's messed up. Oh, man. Uh, uh, look, I've been well, blabbing. Dave. Uh, let me fire off this. I got one from Fromm. Now, people are going to think, like, what, do you only read from this guy? <laughs> look, when somebody says something this well, I am going to impart it. Eric Fromm. Mm -hmm. He says, to put it briefly, the individual ceases to be himself. He adopts entirely the kind of personality offered to him by cultural patterns and he therefore becomes exactly as all others are and as they expected him to be. The dis discrepancy between I and the world disappears and with it the conscious fear of aloneness and powerlessness. This mechanism can be compared with the protective coloring some animals assume. They look so similar to their surroundings that they are hardly distinguishable from them. And this is the best part here. The person who gives up his individual self and becomes an automaton, identical with millions of other automatons around him, need not feel alone or anxious anymore. But the price he pays, however, is high. It is the loss of his self. Wow. Couldn't say it better myself right there. No. Uh, and, it, and it's stolen your sovereignty as an individual is hijacked from birth in the church. Wow. And it's just fucking wrong, brother. Agreed. <laughs> Destabilization of self mm -hmm. is in that list that I was rattling off. There you go. This is what I've got there. Barriers are torn down, for example, suspension of disbelief, critical thinking, etc., that would otherwise prevent acceptance of new beliefs. The concept includes situations when a person has already been destabilized by life events, for example, the loss of a loved one, a job, a move to a new neighborhood, and also the indoctrination of young children who have not yet formed a sense of self or personal opinions on major life concepts. And to continue with that, if a child can be so thoroughly indoctrinated that he or she becomes incapable of spontaneous, independent thinking, this extinguishment of individuality may be considered a serious form of child abuse. Of course, yes. Yeah, so that's little Susie up there with Daddy whispering in her ear, whoever the hell it is, and say these words seem so innocent. But it's even praised. It's, yeah, and expected. Praised and expected. And expected. Get yep. up there and do your bit. Be a good, good Mormon. 
testimony meeting. Get those kids going and look how happy they are. And yeah. Oh, okay. Isn't that interesting? So growing up in the church, fast and testimony meeting, even in primary, they would have their own little mini testimony meetings. Little kids get up there. They don't know what the hell to say. We're talking like sometimes three, four years old, right? Uh, and like you said, often then an adult has to come up and whisper in their ear what to say. And they're not just telling them to say things like, I love my mom and dad, you know, which is probably true, right? But yeah. things like, I know at that age, I know the church is true. I know Joseph Smith is a true prophet. That's where it becomes a violation right there, yes. I think. Of course it does, yeah. You're teaching a child to lie. They don't know that. Of course they don't know that. Most adults don't know that or don't think they do, and they're working and toward it. See how it continues. Again, it's expected, and, and here's the double bind, or one of them. If you can't get up and profess to know those things, something's wrong with you. We're going to go back to throwing the shitty food back on your plate mm -hmm. every time because you're not, well, again, go through the list. You're not praying enough. You're not reading scriptures enough. You're not going to the temple enough. not paying your, whatever you're doing wrong, you're hiding some sin from us. And, and uh, you know, there's just something wrong with you. Even if, even if you don't believe it's true, you should at least be able to get up and say that you do. That's what right. the hell is that? What's your problem? <laughs> and the brethren talk about this kind of thing often uh, through the years, conference, etc. And they've gotten up and said things like, uh, if you don't have a testimony, bear it anyway. Well, Packer, Packer said, it is in the bearing of a testimony that one is gained. Think about how yeah. fucking, that makes no sense at all. Change that language a little bit. Take it totally out of a church setting. Say, oh, God, it's such circular logic. Circular um, logic. It, that doesn't work. Th Sounds clever. Get Pretty up clever and dude, you know. If you hate... You're, if you hate this kid at school, stand up in front of the class and tell everybody how much you like him. Again and again. And again. if you keep saying that shit, eventually you'll like him. You know? I mean, that's not even a great analogy. Uh, it's. Well, I get, yeah. I mean, We're you're telling about someone to stand up and say that they know something that they don't. Get up what and lie. Where the one that you mentioned where the person no longer even trusts themselves, something yeah. along those lines. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're, you're, you're eating away at the core of this person's identity. So now they're saying shit they don't even believe, and this, this cognitive dissonance is, is fermenting, fomenting, whatever, in their brain. And, they're, you know, and, and it, it never ends. But it, wait a minute, if you, well, this is last week, if you can cry while you say it, then of course, yep. that, that's even more acceptable, because that mm -hmm. means you really believe, if you, if you can shed a tear, um, <laughs> God, whatever. <laughs> it's abusive, 
it's dangerous, it's deceptive, it's controlling. So the church does promote the gathering of knowledge and, uh, hello, the glory of God is intelligence, and, uh, you know, that's a good thing. I think the way that they promote higher education and, and that, you know, you should improve yourself that way as much as you can, that's a good thing. And at the same, do- at the same time, uh, doing these things that close your mind off, and, and there were two or three on your list there, stop thinking, what was that one? Uh, processes that just brings thinking to an end. It just, boom. So anything, in other words, ah, I'm thinking about this word of wisdom thing. I know Joseph introduced it, and then the saints were still chewing tobacco and drinking. There were a couple breweries that opened up as soon as they got to Salt Lake. Uh, man, what the hell? What? The, ah, I better not think about that anymore. I'm probably opening the door for Satan to come in and deceive me about something. I, that that was a bad example as well, but anyway, I... No, uh, it's, it's a combination of a lot of things we mentioned, right? Uh, cognitive dissonance lends itself directly into a concept of, of confirmation bias, right? Yes, so, right, which is right. the tendency to interpret anything any evidence or information that comes your way as supporting your existing beliefs rather than being against them. And then the, all the thought-terminating culture that propagates in the church, the, the thought-terminating cliches, the phrases, mm-hmm. the pat answers, the metaphors, emotional reactions, all that stuff... Uh, to basically shut down any doubt or questions. That's the whole purpose. So there, there are some very intelligent people in the church. Great segue. So this, yeah. this, to me, is an example of these things taking place, not its absence. Because they can become, you know, I don't just mean the eight years of college or whatever, but they're just very deep thinkers, maybe, or very analytical, critical thinking, possibly, mm-hmm. but not when it comes to the church. See, I I can look at this very scientifically, these items here, these subjects, and I will engage that part of my brain. But as soon as I shift over to the church and theology, that shuts down. Mm-hmm. And it's like a fucking a water gate. I just saw that image, an irrigation gate. just shuts it down and stops the flow. Boom. We don't go there when it comes to religion, because whatever. The but, church gets a pass. Joseph yeah. Smith gets a pass. Shit that any organization or person would be you know, dragged across the streets about outside of the of that organization, it's immune. It gets a pass. Well, what about this? This doesn't make any logical sense at all. Uh, uh, The church gets a pass. Well, Joseph was marrying other men's wives. Uh, Joseph gets a pass. Why? Because it's a higher teaching, and then you mere, me, feeble people are just 
beneath understanding the beauty and, and the glory of such a high teaching. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Pretty shitty, huh? <laughs> Mystical manipulation, maybe? There it is. Bit. There it is. Uh, yep. Or, yeah. Um. <laughs> it is funny. I mean, in, in a really sad way, it, yeah. it's laughable. Some of this shit is just ridiculous. You know, yeah, and listeners, Dave and I were talking before the show today, and we were talking about some of the issues that are related to this. Um, and you know, people would blame us for one of those thought-terminating cliches, again, of yeah. you can yeah. leave the church, but you can't leave it alone. And why do you think that is? When you mindfuck someone for some period of time, let's say it's even just a year, which is very unusual but most people spend much longer than that in the church before they leave if they leave let's say it's just a year right how long did it take to indoctrinate you now how long is it going to take to get over that so in our cases it was much longer than a year many years that you are indoctrinated you're you're manipulated you're you're told doubt your doubts right right? this kind of bullshit and then all of a sudden you find out it's a fraud because you well i have a metaphor with with uh the removal of physical items from being a member of the church as i i moved out of the house and i ended up divorced moved into this little apartment and i would occasionally go through my crafts what we all do i hope we all do and and get rid of stuff and I and every time I thought oh, I thought I got rid of all this LDS stuff I don't want it and every time I would go deeper and oh there's some more mm. and and uh, including a couple weeks ago I updated my bug out bag in in my vehicle uh-huh. and I thought nah it's been a while I better check it see if everything's in order uh, and I found a quad a miniature <laughs> quad. And I thought, how interesting <laughs> oh that I God. thought maybe yeah. this would partially maybe save my life or something. Uh. And and the difference between where I'm at now and, and when I put that quad in that backpack, which was probably 15 years ago or something, mm-hmm. hell, I don't know. Um, so, the re- yeah, it takes time. And uh, you'll, you'll catch yourself. That's what you were talking about, doing certain things that's, part of the conditioning of the church and then you're like damn i can't believe i just said that or just reacted that way to something sure you'll find yourself thinking about things even internally (laughs) right and and you're like wait a minute is that thought coming from all those years of conditioning in the church or is this really me thinking this there's this huge deconstruction that has to take place you have to relearn things you have to Trust yourself, unlearn things, right? You have to enter this psyche where, you know what? We get doubts about things sometimes in life, often because we should (laughs) be doubting something. Or critical thinking, right, is, is a gift. And it's very important in many facets of our life. Not 
outright believing something on the surface, digging in, asking questions, you know, being critical, not being an ass, but just being careful and critical about things. These are important life skills that you're basically taught to ignore under the great pass, the great hall pass of the church and all of the leaders and so forth. And like you said, there's smart people in the organization who seem to be able to balance that. They'll they'll be critical and they'll ask questions and etc. outside of church. In church, I'm under that pass again. And so wow. right. Anyway. We're yeah, thirty two minutes. Are we? Yeah, I was just thinking real quick of Hugh Nibley, and mm-hmm. he, he basically lost his mind. I mean, you're not going to read that in any church, but you can read Martha Beck's book. His daughter wrote a book about being sexually abused by the man, and let alone mentally, and the mm-hmm. conditions of living in the, his home when she was growing up, and how she believed that it was this cognitive dissonance of being an apologist for the church that ultimately drove the man insane. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, this that's, is that's important, a great, folks. That's a great for, look up Hugh Nibley, H-U-G-H-N-I-B-L-E-Y. Hugh Nibley was one of the paramount historians in when you say like the seventies and eighties, Dave, pretty much. Yeah, it started in the sixties yeah. when they 60s. found they found the papyrus in the museum, mm-hmm. and then he jumped. They put him on that. They assigned him to it. And he spent hundreds of thousands of hours, I think, trying to make the shit look the way the church wants it to look. Which is tough, and, because and, he didn't know Egyptian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Wait, no, it's Reformed Hebrew. Wait a and minute. then, what, what why would you ask a guy to translate it when you have 15 prophets, seers, and revelators who have the gift of uh-huh. translating languages? Anyway, whatever, yeah. <laughs> Um, you're right. So he was a pretty big deal and ended up losing his mind in the end. So extreme example, but you know, this is where it leads and, um, I'm out and you know, I, I've suffered mentally, but the reward for me of peace, I would say above all other things, the peace, I mean, deep inner peace that I experience now, trusting myself, the rewards for having left are, are well worth the price. And it was heavy. Yeah. That's how I'll end today. Thank you. And I would echo that. Uh, if you have not left the church, if you're in that mode where you're in transition, or you're even just questioning, you're at the beginning of the process, it's a hell of a ride. It's a hell of a deconstruction and a a relearning, unlearning. Um, There's a heavy price, or sometimes a collection of prices from family (laughs) members and friends to even potentially jobs to just mental health as you work through this. It's tough, but to Dave's point, there is a light at the end of that tunnel that is not a train, and it is freedom and liberation, and yeah, it's great. A sense of self, you know, that that was never there 
as an active Mormon, a true sense of the the value, I guess you could say, of of your own soul, mm-hmm. of your presence on this planet, and that y- you are an, an individual and and a powerful, powerful beings, and we're stepping out of repression, being held back from being that which we truly are. So it's very liberating. Great expression of that experience, bro. Appreciate that. Everybody, we love you. Thanks for tuning in. Come visit us. MormonTalk.org Peace out, my dudes and dudesses. All right, guys. Laters.